0: Hey, thanks for checking out Discover Church's podcast. This week, we're going to be kicking off a brand new series we are calling Mirrors. We're going to be taking a look at the book of Psalms and specifically asking the question how that relates to our lives in worship. The reason we're calling it Mirrors is because basically when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Hopefully a worshiper. Today, we're actually going to be hearing from Frank Honus, who's going to lead off the series and going to be sharing a little bit about his story along the way. Thanks for checking us out. Don't forget to follow uh, Discover Church on Facebook, Instagram, and jump over to YouTube and hit the subscribe button as well to stay up to date on all the content that we have. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Awesome to see your beautiful faces this morning. Um, yeah, just keep playing. Keep playing. Go ahead. I'm like Pastor Curtis. I love having piano up here. Don't you just love Can you guys, by the way, can you thank our worship team? Can we thank our worship team? <laughs> Didn't they do awesome? They did really great. I was just so thankful to have them. They do an awesome job. And um, I know that Pastor Curtis likes to have some strings and piano behind him for preach, and I might take that on this morning too. I might keep, Kurt, uh, might keep TJ up here just to play. Uh, We're just so thankful for him. I know we just pray, but let's pray again. Can you ever pray too much? Mm. Right? Can we ever talk to Jesus too much? Father, you reign above it all. You reign above it all. You're in complete control over every circumstance, over every detail, over my life over every life in this room. And we literally just, we just release right now control of over anything that we're holding onto to you right now so that we can hear from the Holy Spirit this morning. We can hear from your heart, Father. God, I believe that you have treasure and you have gold for us this morning. <laughs> I believe that. And I just pray, Lord, you help us this morning to be attentive to your voice, to what you want to say to us. In the name of Jesus, the most awesome and powerful name we could ever pray to. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, well, bless you guys. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you so much. Uh, we, are, we are, we're excited this morning. It is an honor to get to share with you this morning, Get to, to get to speak. I want to thank Pastor Curtis for allowing me this opportunity. It's just always a blessing to be able to come up here. Um, man, how many people just feel like the last eight months have felt like the like eight years? <laughs> It's literally just felt like eight years. We're like eight years later, and we're still we're, we're just in November right now. And everything just started in, in February and March. But you know what? We're thriving. I pray that you're thriving. I pray that we're learning and that we're growing and that we, our position in Christ, our, our love for him, our value for him hasn't changed. And I just pray that for you over, over this morning um and so we're excited to be able to meet this morning we have started uh, a brand new series but we have been at the beginning of the year we started you know kind of jumping around bouncing around in the bible to all many different books in the bible we've been in the old testament we've been in the new testament we were just in revelation right we've been all over and i'm really excited i probably count this to be one of my favorite series that we do uh, we're going to be camping out in the Book of Psalms for a while. How many people love the Psalms, man? It, I'm telling you, I would go absolutely crazy if it wasn't for the Psalms. And uh, because we're going to talk about a subject for the next few weeks that I absolutely love, that my wife and I just our heart beats for, and that's the subject of worship. We're talking about worship, and worship is more than music. Let me just start start off by saying that worship is absolutely, infinitely more than music. Worship is everything between you and Jesus. And so I, I, I want to just share some things this morning with you, um, but we're going to be in the book of Psalms uh, for the next several weeks, and I just want to give you a little bit of a background on, on my my heartbeat and my passion and my love for worship. Um, I was saved at the age of 16 in a youth group, and, um, and I, I started to see people you know, singing and praising God and people playing guitars. And I just, when I fell in love with Jesus and gave my life to Jesus, I started to see these people on stage lead uh, singing and and playing guitars and piano and stuff like that. And and I wanted to be able to do that. Like, I just fell in love with that, to be able to lead somebody into the presence of God. And, And I'm thankful that I have opportunities to do that. I was able to have opportunities in college and in high school. And then you know, coming out of college, the fall after my, uh, my senior year, um, I started at a school or I started at a, a church where I actually met my wife, Tracy. Uh, my wife was over on, so she was like on this side of the church picking out music for worship. And I just kind of strolled over to her and just, you know, kind of introduced myself. And that's where the love began. You know what I mean? So it started right there. And, but I soon learned that she had a passion, a, a passion for worship. And Singing and soon I learned that she sang and she played keyboard and she played piano and we you know We started this we just absolutely love worship in our home. We have music playing all the time We love to have worship music just playing all the time throughout the house and our kids We pray that our kids are are learning and growing in worship and they love to sing especially our daughter Addie and and Nate Um, but my love for worship and and leading people into his presence began When I fell in love with jesus it's really when I fell in love with Jesus, and, and the love relationship, that love relationship continues to this day. It continues to this day, and I pray the same for you. And so um, we're calling this series right here, we're calling this series that we're spending time in the next few weeks, Mirrors. And I'm going to kind of share a little bit, I think, what's behind that, but I want to ask you a question first before we jump in. Who do you see when you look in the mirror? Who do you see when you look in the mirror? I promise you this is not supposed to be a trick question, okay? <laughs> that might be a scary question for some of us, like somebody asking me, who do I see when I look in the mirror? But uh, let, me, let me help you out a little bit with, uh, wi- with that. I, I want to suggest this, that when you look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, that we see a worshiper. That we see a worshiper as we look in the mirror. Maybe you've heard it said before, it's not a matter of if people have faith or not. Everybody has faith. Everybody has something or someone they worship, okay? Everybody has it. Whether it's, wor- whether it's Jesus or not, we all have something that we worship or someone that we worship. And so let, let's just kind of drill down deeper into that question a little bit. What is the object, as you sit right here in this room, what is the object of your affection at this very moment? I mean, I really want you to, to go there with me. What is, the, what is the object? What do you crave for? What do you desire? Maybe it's lunch, okay, right now. Maybe it's just, maybe it's cozying up in your bed watching your favorite TV show, all right? Let's just be honest with ourselves. What is it that we absolutely have craving? What is the object of our affection at this very, very moment? I just want us to, you know, let's be real with each other, please, and let's be honest. Let's resist the temptation to automatically say Jesus, just for a second, okay? I love Jesus, all right? And I know you love Jesus. We all love Jesus in this room, but. Let's just resist that temptation, because how many people know that before we get to Sunday, there's six days? There's six days that come before Sunday, and there's a lot, right, that happens over the course of six days before we get to Sunday, all right? And there's things that happen in our lives. There's things that happen in our families. There's just, there's stuff that happens at work, and, and we go through stuff. We go through all kinds of stuff. And so uh, what I want us to do is we're going to actually look at a psalm in a second that actually points to creation, and and it reminds us that even when it's even when we have a struggle, even when it's tough for us to worship and we struggle in worship, creation is always worshiping with us. So I want you guys to turn with me to um, to Psalms chapter 104, or yeah Psalms one oh four with me Psalms one hundred four on your on your devices or on your printed Bibles or on whatever Word of God you have in front of you, uh, that would be great. So, and I'll help you guys out. I'm going to read this from the Extra Passionate Translation this morning, okay? The Passion Translation just to help us out. This is great. This is a little bit of a longer psalm, so I'm asking you guys just to hang with me. I, I, it might be on the screen, but listen close because there's some really good stuff in here. It says this, everything I am will praise and bless the Lord. What a way to open a psalm. Everything that I am will praise and bless the Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, your greatness takes my breath away, overwhelming me overwhelming me by your majesty, your beauty, and your splendor. You wrap yourself with a shimmering, glistening light. You wear sunshine like a garment of glory. You stretch out the starry skies like a tapestry. Let me stop right here and just say in this psalm, the writer is actually referencing the first days of creation in this actual psalm. He's, he's, it's a call back to Genesis, to the garden, of to, to the first Uh, days of creation. You wear sunshine like a garment of glory. You stretch out the starry skies like a tapestry. You build your balconies with a light that beams and ride as king in a chariot you made from the clouds. You fly upon the wings of the wind. I love this. You make your messengers into winds of the spirit and all your ministers become flames of fire. You, our creator, form the earth and you hold it all together so it will never fall apart. You poured the ocean depths over the planet, submerging mountains beneath. Yet at the sound of your thunder shout, the waters all fled away, filling the deep with seas. The mountains rose and valleys sank to the levels you decreed for them. Then you set a boundary line for the seas and you commanded them not to trespass. You sent springs cascading through the valleys, flowing freely between the mountains and hills. You provide drink for every living thing. Men and beasts have their thirst quenched because of you. The birds build their nests near the tranquil streams, chirping their joyous songs from the branches above. From your kindness, you send the rain to water the mountains. From the upper rooms of your palace, your goodness brings forth fruit for all to enjoy. Your compassion brings the earth's harvest, feeding the hungry. You cause the grass to grow for livestock along with the fruit, grains, and vegetables to feed mankind. Amen? (laughs) You provide sweet wine to gladden hearts. You give us daily bread to sustain life, giving us glowing health for our bodies. The trees of the Lord drink until they are satisfied. Lebanon's lofty trees stand tall right where you planted them. We're almost there. Within their branches, you provide for birds a place to build their nests. Even herons find a home in the cypress trees. You make the high mountains a home. For wild goats and the rocky crag where the rock badgers burrow. You made the moon to mark the months and the sun to measure the days. You turn off the light and it becomes night. And all the beasts of the forest come to prowl. The mighty lions roar for their dinner. But it's you, God, who feeds them all. At sunrise, they slink back to their dens to crouch down in the shadows. Then man goes out to his labor and toil, working from dawn to dusk. Oh, Lord, what an amazing variety of all that you have created. Wild and wonderful is this world you have made, wi- while wisdom was there at your side. This, this world is full of so many creatures, yet each belongs to you. And then there is the sea, so vast, so wide and deep, swarming with countless forms of sea, sea life both small and great. Trading ships glide through the high seas, and look, there are the massive whales bounding above the waves. All the creatures wait expectantly for you to give them their food as you determine. You come near, and they all gather around, feasting from your open hands, and each is satisfied from your abundant supply. But if you were to withhold from them and turn away, they would all panic. And when you choose to take their breath, each one dies and returns to the dust. When you release your spirit wind, life is created, ready to replenish life upon the earth. May God's glorious splendor endure forever. May the Lord take joy and pleasure in all that he has made. For the earth's overseer has the power to make it tremble. Just a touch of his finger and volcanoes erupt as the earth shakes and melts. Here it is. I will sing my song. The writer turns it back to the first person. I will sing my song to the Lord as long as I live. Every day I sing my praises to God. May you be pleased with every sweet thought I have about you for you are the source of my joy and gladness. Now let all the sinners be swept from the earth, but I will keep on praising you, my Lord, with all that is within me. My joyous, blissful shouts of hallelujah are all because of you. And everybody said amen and took a deep, big deep breath, <laughs> right? What a great, what a beautiful beautiful uh, passage and I mean, how easy is it for us to forget when we read those words that, that when we, that, that all the time, all the time, creation is worshiping our creator. As you, as you drive, I love to drive, especially when I'm in driving in the fall, and just look at the leaves turn, those beautiful colors, right, into yellow and red and orange. I mean, it's just beautiful to be able to drive and see that, to see creation going through its process and just worshiping. And, and, and I wanted you guys to hear that entire psalm. Because we do oftentimes forget. We struggle throughout the week. We struggle to keep this connection. We struggle to keep that worship life going, right? But as we, as we look around, we're able to see that God is always working, right? If, you, if you're struggling, stop and look out your window and, and see as much rain as we've had lately. <laughs> God bless the rain. We've had a lot of rain lately, but it's all from God. It's creation, It's creation worshiping him. So God is always working. He's always moving in the earth. And I love that's what this psalm tells us. And um, one of the quotes I've shared before, I think, is from John Piper. And he actually says this. He says, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life. And you may be aware of three of them. Right? Isn't that so true that there's always things happening in the background? There's always things going on and we just forget. We just can't Sometimes we just struggle just to see what's happening. And so I want us just to look at this, uh, uh, just a couple of verses and pivot a little bit and look at a few specific um, things here. So look at look at verse one with me and then we're going to look at jump to the very, very end. We're going to look at the beginning and the very, very end of this from the from the first the writer's perspective. Everything that I am will praise and bless the Lord. Right. Other versions say my soul will bless the Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, your greatness takes my breath away, overwhelming me by your majesty, beauty, and splendor. And so, you know, other versions refer to this everything that I am section as your soul. And your soul is what? It's your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions, right? So sometimes we just read over that really quickly, and we see my soul will bless the Lord, my soul will praise the Lord. Well, guess what? What he's saying is your mind, your thoughts, your decisions, and your will, your actions— And, right, your emotions, your feelings will all, all those things that are swirling a lot of times throughout the week will bless the Lord. And so I just imagine here him writing this, right, everything that I am, you know, imagine somebody who has a gun and they're they're just fixing it on a target, right? In order to hit that target, what? You've got to be 100% focused on the target I mean you can't be like aiming and making a sandwich at the same time right I mean it doesn't work like that if you want to hit your target you've got to be dead set right sight fixed on that target uh, 100% of the time and and that's what he's saying here everything that I am will bless the Lord and and I think what the writer is saying is here is this is that he's not going to allow any distractions distractions to get in between him and his and his worship life, his life, his relationship with Jesus, right? Look at that. We'll praise and bless the Lord. Other versions use either the word praise or bless. I love how the passion, because it's extra passionate, right, uses both words. And the Hebrew word here, because I, I love digging. I know Curtis and I, we love digging in, in the Hebrew and stuff. And the Hebrew word for bless here is a word barak, right? And it literally means kneel. It's when you're kneeling before someone. Right. So so this word for blessing God, this word for praising God is we are literally kneeling before him. There's this adoration going on. There's this worship going on that we're taking everything and we're laying it before Jesus. Right. So as we look at this verse, right, the beginning and the end of this verse here. I think we have to look. I love asking questions. So there's another question that we have to ask ourselves. Is your mind, your will and emotions kneeling at the feet of Jesus? Is every one of my thoughts, every feeling that I have, every decision that I have to make, is it prepared to kneel before Jesus this week? Everything. Everything that I am will bless you. Everything that uh, that I am will praise you. And so I I take all those things, right, and I surrender it to God so that nothing, nothing hinders this relationship right here. I'm not going to allow it to happen. I, I love that. And then verse 33 to 35, I will sing my song to the Lord as long as I live. Every day I will sing my praises to God. May you be pleased with every sweet thought I have about you, for you are the source of my joy and gladness. Now let all the sinners be swept from the earth, but I will keep on praising you, my Lord, with all that is within me. My joyous, blissful shouts of hallelujah hallelujah are all because of you. And I just love how these verses connect between the very beginning, the very beginning of the psalm connects to the very end of the psalm. It's really, really cool to see that. So, what I want to do is I want you to think about right now. I want you to think about your worship lifestyle. I want you to think about how you worship. I want you to think about why you worship. Maybe that's why you come in here on a Sunday morning. Why you open your Bible. Why you call Jesus your Lord. I, I want you to think about how uh, worship. Relates to your journey, um, and even when we gather here on Sunday mornings, A- and and I just I want to share some some encouragement with you guys. And and as we head into this series, as we head as you uh, walk along your journey, I know um, there's some some people out there. You've shared some some really hard stuff. There's some people who shared some hard uh, prayer requests and and praises this this morning, uh, you know celebrations, but also really hard things too. And I know some people have walked through some really hard you know. Losses of jobs, you know, and, and, and tr- cr- you know, transitioning in careers, you know, health challenges, physical challenges, right? Things that are just like, God, how are you going to alter this, right? How, how is this going to change? What's going to happen here, right? And so, again, I want to share some just encouragements with you guys going forward in this series and going forward in, in your worship life. Um, I, I just, just four things this morning. I want to encourage you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus to worship honestly. To worship honestly. All right, as we read the Psalms, how many people know the Psalms are incredibly, incredibly honest writing? <laughs> I mean, you just read one Psalm, right? Let me, let me read you an example here in Psalms chapter 3. This is David writing about his fleeing, fleeing from his from Absalom, right? He's fleeing from his enemies because they want to kill him. Okay, I mean, imagine trying to run from somebody. Somebody literally has a target on your back, wants to kill you. This is his immediate words in that situation. Lord, I have so many enemies, right? We do. We have so many enemies, so many who are against me. Listen to how they whisper their slander against me, saying, look, he's hopeless. Even God can't save him from this. But in the depths of my heart, I truly know that you, Yahweh, have become my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. Your glory covers me continually. You lift high my head when I bow low in shame. I mean, David is just being absolutely, completely honest with God right now. And I know sometimes it's, I know some of us, we, maybe it's from our background, how we grew up in church or the family we've come, families we've come from, that it's like, you know, it's hard. Maybe it's been hard for you in your life to be honest with God because you picture God as this, like, massive giant of a man who rules with, like, this big old iron scepter and, like, he's just going to, like, bam, you know, crack down on you if you, like, get too honest with him. Like, you can't, like, how could I be, you know, how could I say this? Like, this is actually what I'm really feeling, but how could I actually say that to God? You know? And and sometimes, yeah, that's how it feels sometimes. Um yeah, right? That's the power right there, okay? That's, uh, that's the kind of power he has. Okay, so, but, but here's the point, right? Sometimes we think, like, how could I say what I'm really feeling right now to God? Because maybe it's really raw. But let me share with you something that I really think is honest, it's really important for us to, to take a hold of, is that you and I will never offend God with our honesty, Please understand that, that you will never, ever offend God with your honesty, with being with being honest and real. Now, I believe in reverence, and please understand, I believe in reverencing and respecting our God. But I also believe in honesty, too. And, and how many people know that, look, if I respect TJ and I love him as my brother, I, I'm going to be honest with him. Re- reverence and, and honesty go together hand in hand. You can't have one without the honest. So we can still respect We can still honor. We can still worship. We can still love God. He's almighty. Like Pastor Curtis was saying, he's omnipotent, right? He's powerful. Maybe it's as I go forward. I don't know. Um, He's powerful, right? But we can, right, we need to be honest with him. As we're respecting him, as we're reverencing him, we can also be honest with him. We have to be honest with him. So God will never, ever be offended by your honesty. It's only when, and, and I've learned this in my life, in my past, and You know, the struggles that I've come out of in life and the addiction that I came out of the light. it's only when we hide things from the Lord. It's only when we hide things from people and that we we don't allow other people to see inside of us that we get in trouble. We were talking about um, honesty this weekend or this this past week in our in our group um, here at church. And um, it's it's so and so important that we worship honestly. And I pray that if, if there's anything else from this morning that you guys understand that God wants to hear everything. He wants to hear everything from your heart. He wants to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. I know people that use all kinds of language when they pray and talk to God, and I and I don't get it. I don't understand it all the time, but they, I mean, it's their heart. They're, they're burning inside. They, maybe there's pain inside. I mean, imagine some of the things that we've, we, we've walked out of. I can't even imagine all the stories in this room, right? God wants to hear it all. He wants us to worship honestly. And so... Uh, you know, I think about um, I think about worship expressions when I think about honesty. Right? We talk a little bit. I wanted to, when we did this series, we're playing this series. I wanted to talk specifically about worship expressions because we're all from different backgrounds and different uh, you know church backgrounds and, and and different backgrounds in faith, and every one of us have a different expression in worship, and that's okay. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. At the end of the day, I feel like this is the, this is the only thing that matters right here. Is my heart yielded to the Holy Spirit in this moment? Is my heart yielded to the Holy Spirit in this morning? You don't have to jump up and down. You don't have to do cartwheels in worship, right? You don't have to look like someone else. You have to be you. Now, there's all kinds of postures. There's all kinds. There's clapping. There's raising your hands. There's kneeling. There's laying. There's laying prostrate, right? Look, I want to encourage you to explore What's your expression and what, what God is calling you, how he's calling you to worship? And there is some boldness that takes place there, that we've got to get out from what's comfortable. I literally, like, I'm not a dancer, okay? I don't, I've don't. i seen people dance and worship. I'm not a dancer per se, but man, I'm telling you, the way that my brother led this morning, I was so, like, I wanted just to be like, Jesus, I wanted to just jump up and down, right? I wanted to just jump up and down because of the joy. It's not, it's not the expression that we, that we try to communicate. It's the joy that we're celebrating in the moment, right, with Jesus here in our presence. So, man, just I encourage you to get in the, on Sunday mornings to explore, to explore your expression of worship, to get free, to get out from the, your seat, to come forward, to spread out, right? We have so much to celebrate. Man. And, and I know, that I, I just see and I feel that there's so much joy, there's so much joy, that God wants to raise and and break out of our lives, wants us to release from our lives. So is my heart yielded to the Holy Spirit? So make sure your heart is yielded with no distraction, right? And then find your own expression in worship, whether that's kneeling, whether that's lifting your hands. I remember one time in college, I remember, um, and, and we're getting there, guys, I know. I just feel like when I was preparing, it was like, there's so much to say about worship, you know? But I remember I was in college, and I remember a professor who was probably in his 40s or 50s at the time, just a really wise professor, professor. And he was sharing, I think he was either sharing in a class one time, that there was one time in, uh, in a service where a pastor, it was either a pastor or missionary, came forward. He said, er- everybody, just lift your hands with me. Just lift your hands all around the room. And, and he said, he said he resisted that. He fought that inside. And he said, I'm, he said, I'm not going to lift my hands. Like, I'm not." And, and he resisted that. when He resisted that act of submission really what it was it was a submission to to your leader to to inviting God but how many people know that when we lift our hands right you might need to turn that off in the back on the bottom there so how many people know that when we submit right and we we release we submit to a leader that we release that pride that God can literally come in and do amazing things as we're obedient in his presence and so I just want to encourage you to do that um, I know that we're all from different backgrounds, and we're at a different understanding of who Jesus is, um, and there's no one-size-fits-all in expression and worship. So be you, be you, be you, but also explore what your worship looks like, and, 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 and break out and, and encourage yourself to find that. So worship honestly. The second one is this, worship offensively. This is one of my favorites. Worship offensively. And I don't mean in a way where you're going to offend somebody. That's not what I'm talking about. Not in a way where you're going to disrespect or offend somebody. But w- but you're actually on the offense. You're actually going on the offense. That you're not worshiping just because things are really hard. Just because you're in trouble, right? How many people know it's so easy for us when when tri- when trials strike, when a situation or circumstances strike, we go. It's so easy for us to go on the defense. God. I don't know what I'm going to do. We go to what? We go to fear. We go to fear prayers. We go to anxiety-filled prayers. We go to complaining-filled prayers. We think that they're actually like prayers that lift God up, but they're actually complaining, right? That's actually what we do sometimes, and we go on the defense. And I really want to encourage us to worship offensively. And I think one of the greatest things we do as we walk through this life and we deal with struggles and we deal with circumstances, especially as it relates to people, is we need to re- remember that our struggle is not with human beings. Your struggle in life, one of your greatest struggles that you have in life, I know you might think it's your boss. <laughs> I know you might think it's your coworker you work with, right? Or your, your husband or your wife or your kids. Just remember all of us in this room, let's just, let's just take, take hold of this, that our struggle is not against human beings. We are not struggling against people. We have to learn sometimes, it's it's so difficult to get our eyes off of people and on to what is unseen. Because the Bible tells us that our struggle is what? It is not with flesh and blood. Look at this, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor sharp uh, spirit sword of the spoken word of god and in every battle take faith as your wraparound shield for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one listen worship is one of our greatest weapons that we have worship is one of our great i've heard a pastor say that if he has 10 minutes to pray he'll take eight of those minutes to worship and he'll take two of those minutes to pray now you might think that's out of balance but he's going to get his heart we're getting our heart and our our mind into the the presence of the holy spirit and then and then we're going to come to him if we have requests right we have things we need to pray about but first i've got to make sure this alignment right here is connected Because there's so many things, right, that can come in throughout the week that we struggle with, right? But worship, it's one of our greatest weapons. And and, and we so, we so very, you know, sometimes we just don't, we don't utilize it. Look at this, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ live in you richly. There's our weapon, flooding you with all wisdom. Here it is, apply the scriptures. That's our sword, Okay, when we're we're called to take the sword, right, we're called to take that and use that. That's a weapon, right? As you teach and instruct one another with the Psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all of our hearts. We have to learn to worship offensively. Worship is a weapon. It's a weapon. Man, when you feel you feel that fear come in. You feel that panic come in. You feel that anger come in. Don't retreat from God. Run towards him in that battle. Remember that he is your shield. He is your strength. Go after it, man. If you, even if you have to w- retreat to a room, start singing. Start praising him. Start loving on him because it, we're called to use. this is And this is our weapon right here, the word of God right here. It's our power and it's our strength. And I, I want to encourage you guys. Maybe it's just been a long time where you've cracked this thing open. Right, you've cracked this book open, but, but God really speaks through this. God really speaks through his word. So worship honestly, worship offensively. Next one is worship intimately. Worship intimately. You know, we all know in the Old Testament, God gave his people. He called his people to build a tabernacle. He called his people to build a temple. And inside of these things, right, were what? You had the outer court. You had the holy place. And then you had the what? The holy of holies. You had these three, basically these three uh, uh, spaces, right? These three sections. And a veil was between the holy place and the holy of holies, which only the high priest could go into. Only one person was able to go into the holy of holies. And, And we see that, and sometimes I don't think we realize what that is because I want you to capture that picture for a second here. Go back to the Old Testament with me, right? We've got the outer courts, and maybe that's Sunday morning right, where we worship together. It's a beautiful thing to be in the outer courts, isn't it? To worship together on Sunday morning to celebrate. And then you've got less crowds in what? The holy place. And maybe this is our small groups where we come together and we worship together and we study God's word, right, in small groups. And then you've got the holiest place, the holy of holies, which is always meant to be face-to-face, which is always meant to be one-on-one. The most awesome and, 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 and most intimate place Was meant to be in that place face to face with Jesus. And and so it's important to understand that when Jesus died on the cross and he said it is finished, he wasn't just saying, Oh, great, I'm glad this is over with. Man, I'm so happy to get off this thing. The pain is over with. When he said it is finished, he actually meant it's paid in full. Everything is done. The veil is torn. You have complete access to the Father. You and I have complete access to Jesus. I heard somebody say, you can have as much of Jesus as you want in this life. Wow. <laughs> you can have as much of Jesus as you want in this life. Right? We really can. We can just scoop it up because we have complete access to the Father. It's almost like this. It's almost like if I, if I were to invite you over to my house, Right. And I would ask you to come in as I as I saw you coming to my house. Right. As I saw you come to the door, I just would it's like swing the door wide open. I just fling it wide open and tell you to come in. Right. No wait, You know what it's really like. It's like if I saw you coming into our house, I were to literally this is what God did. I would literally rip the doors off the hinges. Right. And let you come in. Right. That's what God did for us. He had com- he let complete access. He made complete access to the father. He ripped the door off the hinges for you and I. And, and, and so we have, we have that, that love and we have that, um, that ability to be with him uh, intimately and, and, and all the time, as much as we want of Jesus. And so any struggle or thing that I feel like, you know, our circumstances, any struggle or, or any circumstance, any trial that I feel like is between me and God, it's really important we remember that I'm the one. I'm the one who put that there. Not God, because God was the one who did what? He's the one to rip the door off the hinges. He did that for you through his death, through his resurrection. We have complete access to the Father. We, we can worship him intimately. There's nothing you have to hide from Jesus. You know why? It's because there's nothing he doesn't already know. There's nothing he doesn't. He's just, you know, I think he's doing, I think he's waiting for us to just get Real. He's waiting for us to give up the pride. He's waiting for us to give up the the, the false, the the, the image, the outer exterior. And he's waiting for us to say, God, here it is. Here it is. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16, 18. T.J., why don't you come up? Any struggle or or thing that I have, it's, it's because I've put it there. Look at this. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart. You notice that? Open hearts. The veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors. I didn't plan that, by the way. That's literally what the scripture says. We all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured, into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So we worship honestly. We worship offensively. We worship intimately. And the last one is this. I want to encourage all of us here to worship constantly. Constantly. Psalms 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord when at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth we don't push the pause button we don't give god a break we don't say you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take a break today god i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continuously be in my mouth Psalms chapter 40, verse 3. I just, I love this. A new song for a new day. This morning as we were singing, man, I loved hearing you. I loved hearing all of us praise him, celebrate him. A new song for a new day was rising up. A new song for a new day. It says this rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. Ecstatic praise pours out from my mouth until everyone hears about how God has set me free. Many will see his miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with him. Worship constantly. As we all know, Tuesday is a really, really important day. Incredibly, incredibly important day for our country. And and especially in light of this message is what we're talking about this morning about worship. I want to encourage you. Don't allow on Tuesday who wins or loses to disrupt your worship ever, ever, because whoever wins, I know I'm I'm stepping on someone's toe, but I say this, whoever wins, some some of us need to say that to ourselves, self, whoever wins, it's going to be okay. And this is how I know, because he reigns above it all. He reigns above it all. He is in control of every detail of our country. He's in control of every detail of your life. Maybe you even hear that right now, and you don't even believe it. It's okay. You don't have to because he's still in control. He still reigns above it all. Even when we can't see it. Even, even when we're so clouded by, by discouragement, by fear, by what we literally see in front of us, right? Sometimes we, that's all we can see. It's just right here, what's right in front of us. That challenge, that that disappointment, that fear, that struggle, that mask, <laughs> right? I mean, let's just be real. We can literally just ha- and we can just be reminded of that. He reigns above it all. He knows exactly what's happening. I'm so thankful um, Pastor Curtis prayed into that this morning at our, at our time of prayer and just encouraged us with that. So uh, this verse, guys, has been on my heart all this week. Matthew 6, verse 33. So above it all, there it is. So above it all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Now we know that Jesus is talking here. He just talked about worry. He just talked about all the things we worry about. The things we fear. But it's all right here. And, and, and yes, I'm not ignorant to the fact that we should care about the issues in our culture. We should care about life. Right? We should care about the sanctity of marriage. Right? We have values that we should care and fight very, very fiercely for. I, I'm not at all saying we just kind of sit back and just chill and do nothing. I believe we should be totally active. I believe we should be totally engaged with these issues in our culture but we've got to remember at the end of the day that no matter who wins the White House, that God owns the White House. God owns the White House. He owns you and I. He loves you and I. He made you and I. He's been around a little bit longer than our president and his challenger. He's been around a little bit longer, right? He knows a little bit more about what's going on there. So let's just remember this week, as we, as we kind of... You know, as we go forward in this series on mirrors, right, talking about worship, right, talking about becoming a worshiper, that we remember what kingdom we live in. That we remember that we don't live in this kingdom. We're actually not even meant to live here for very long. The 80 or 90 years that we have on this earth is just, it's nothing. Yeah. That we were meant for a greater kingdom. That our, that our love was meant for a greater kingdom. And so no matter what happens on Tuesday, I'm not going to let it steal my worship. I'm not going to let it steal my worship. Would you stand with me all around the room? And close your eyes with me, too. Hmm. Wow. You know, God is, is just so faithful, and he's so good. And he knows where you're at this morning. He knows where we're at this morning. He knows what we're walking through. And so I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for how faithful he is. So here we are, and we have a lot of cares on our hearts, I'd imagine. We have a lot of things that we're probably holding right now. And so I just want you, where you're standing right now, if you're able to close your eyes right now, and if you're able to put a hand out, that would be great. Stretch out a hand in front of you or however you, grab a hand next to you of someone that you're with, your family member, just hold on. We're just going to take a couple minutes right now to love on Jesus because he is worthy of it all and he is in control of it all. So Father, right now, Lord, I just extend my hand to you. Lord, I extend my heart to you, Lord, as a, as, a, as a signal of my surrender, God. That I really have nothing in myself to contribute to this. That it's all about you, God. That your power and your authority and your love is what we want, is what we pray for, is what we believe for, God, in our lives. Lord, I ask right now, God, that you would make us, maybe, maybe there's people in this room right now who don't consider themselves a worshiper. Maybe they look up on stage and they think, well, those are the worshipers up there. No, 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 no. Let me just speak something. You are a worshiper. You are a worshiper. You know why? Because God has literally placed his life in you. You are a minister of the gospel. You carry power and you carry authority and you carry the love and you carry the grace and the truth of Jesus in your life. You are a worshiper and you are valuable and you are loved. And you carry that power within you. So, Father, I ask right now, God, that you would just awaken that to us. Help us this week to begin moving into honesty, to begin moving to to worship as our weapon. To not just think, oh, yeah, it's just something we just kind of do on Sunday mornings. Three songs and then I'm out. No, no, no. It's your lifeline. It is your lifeline to worship. You were designed to create it and created to be a worshiper. Help us to lean into that, to worship honestly, God, to worship offensively, to worship intimately, and to worship constantly, God, all the time. And God, we'll do it to the end of the age because you have done and broken and torn the veil. You have allowed complete access to your heart, God, to your presence. And we're so thankful. God, we'll never stop praising you. We'll never stop worshiping you, Jesus we'll never stop giving you our hearts and our minds. we'll never stop surrendering everything to you, God. we'll give you our all. we'll give you our love in this place. we're going to worship him we're going to worship him in a second with another song. but i just want to encourage you to engage right now to lean in to engage in a way that you never have before in your worship to Jesus and your love for him. and father, we release to you right now Whatever happens this Tuesday, we know, God, you're in control. We know that you've planned the purposes and destiny from long, long ago. <laughs> God, nothing comes to you by surprise. You reign above it all. You own every, You own the politicians. You own the White House. God, you own whatever goes on in this world, in this universe, because you are omnipotent. You're omnipotent. God, you are present everywhere. You are king, and you are Lord. And so we just we just want to release that to you. Every anxiety, every fear, it's going to be okay. We're not going to explode. <laughs> We're going to be okay because Jesus is still on the throne, and he will be forever on the throne. So, Father, we just thank you. Let's worship right now. Can we worship together in this room? Jesus, we love you.